Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we are here. We are kicking off season seven. It has been seven long years, short years. We're having fun. Seven long years since we uh, we started this show. Can you believe that? This is hot start. <laughs> and we still haven't figured out how to talk to each other properly. It's great. Seven long years dealing with you, you giant pain in the ass. <laughs> well, it took you five years to shake my hand, and it's been about a year since you've done that since then. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I understand. I get it. <laughs> it's been about a year. Yep, that's correct. Like that. I haven't seen you in a year. Somehow. Right. Mike, we're kicking off, uh, kicking off season seven here. Uh, we have officially closed the book on season six, which was the 2021 season. And we are ready to dive full tilt into the 2022 football season that is coming up here in a couple of months. Um, we wanted to start out with this episode as a, as a kickoff, and we're gonna we're gonna start by talking about some win totals, and by some of them, I mean specifically everyone's win totals. Yes, um, right, like all all of the teams. Yep, and then uh, if you stick Let's around, start with Akron. Well, no, yeah, uh, Akron. Uh, I have a lot yeah. of opinions there. Um, yeah. They uh, they do have a game against Bowling Green this year. Who, you know, we uh, we have opinions on them as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, where's my soundboard? I'm not ready for yeah, this. Yeah, no. Um, we we're, we're going to talk win totals, and then Mike, if the people stick around a little bit later, we're going to talk about preview season this year, and we're going to do things a little bit differently for a couple of reasons that we will get into. But we're not going to tell you about that just yet. We're going to make you stick around and uh, and hear what we had to say about all these teams before we get into that. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, fair. All right. Well, good deal. Uh, do you want to go ahead and get started here with these win totals? Anything else before we yeah, get let's started? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, Mike, these win totals are, are still maybe a, maybe a little stale, we'll say. They're maybe about a couple weeks old. We got a, uh, got an email with them. This is not up to the minute, but I think they've served as some pretty good fodder for conversation. And so we're going to structure these by going from the most projected wins to the least and we have all 14 ACC teams plus Notre Dame on this list um, Mike are you ready I am ready let's do it Mike highest win total on the board who is it the Clemson Tigers the Clemson Tigers any guess of what their win total is ten and a half. Ten and a half. that is correct uh, Clemson at a ten and a half win total coming off of a nine and three regular season if I'm, if I'm remembering that correctly um so this is projecting a little bit of a bounce back. And in, in my mind, that's what I'm seeing in this number is basically a question of, do you think Clemson gets back to being Clemson that we've known them to be in previous years? Or does the more vulnerable version of this team return 
in 2022 uh, that would result in them, again, losing maybe two or three of their regular season games. And, of course, this year they don't have Georgia on the schedule, uh, so that's a, a very different calculation to begin with. But they, they do have to go to South Bend and play Notre Dame. So um, there is still a, a pretty high-end out-of-conference game there. Uh, Mike, any thoughts, Clemson, at 10.5? So I was looking at the schedule earlier today when I was preparing for the podcast, and the one thing I noticed off the top, you know, I, I looked at the 10.5 win total, I was like, all right, that's too many, right? So I'm thinking – they had a rough year. They got to 10 after the bowl game, right? So they were 10 and three last year, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't make the ACC championship. DJU struggled. They have Kate Klubnik coming in at quarterback, right? So if DJU struggles, they want to make a change, they can. So on the surface, I'm like, all right, I think Clemson should be better. But at the same time, it's like 10 and a half. Do I really want to bet 10 and a half after how I watched their offense struggle through most of last year relative to kind of what they've been for the entirety that we've been doing the podcast? So I looked at the schedule and immediately I was like, well, this is doable, mm-hmm. right? They don't have Georgia, like you mentioned. Um, they do have Notre Dame in South Bend. That's a tough game. NC State's going to be much improved, but you get that game at home. Clemson does have a crossover with Miami. Pretty big game, right? Considering what the expectations are for Miami with Mario Cristobal, but you get that game at home. I was going to say that's in Death Valley. So that's important. So I, I'm looking at the schedule and you know, the toughest games for Clemson, you know, to be honest with you, are at home. And the Notre Dame game notwithstanding, but, you know, in terms of, like, ACC contention, the ND game's moot. But we're talking about win totals here. Mm-hmm. Ten and a half is an interesting number. I mean, I can't find three teams on the schedule that are going to beat them. Um, you only need but I two. can find two. But I can find two. Mm-hmm. Um, they could lose to NC State, they could lose to Notre Dame. And then, you know, you're under <laughs> there, right? So mm-hmm. my if I had to bet, first of all, I'm not going to bet this. If I had to, I would lean under just because I think that's where I think that's where the value is. Mm-hmm. Um, especially coming off of what we saw last year. So um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with under here. Under I think they probably finish. They'd probably finish honestly like ten and two or eleven and one. I think they probably drop one along the way. I expect Clemson to be better, um, but I, I think in terms of the win total, I think you gotta you gotta hedge the under here, even with a favorable schedule in my opinion. Get your tough games at home. Yep, yep. I'm with you. Give me the under. I I, I kind of feel pretty good about this one. Um, I, I I've made a, made a couple comments basically since the end of the season and such. I am not I'm not particularly bullish on. Uh, a couple of the hires, you know, the decisions that, that Dabo Swinney has made, uh, some of the strategy and, and the philosophy that they're using right now in this day and age in college football. So I, I think part of that is what tells me, I think, again, I think this is a, a point in time where we're going to start seeing Clemson come back down to earth a little bit. They're not going to be this unstoppable force. They're going to have a couple of, of tight games. The two that you mentioned, again, NC State, even though that's in Death Valley, and then the trip to South Bend, those seem very losable. Mike, there's another game on this this schedule that sticks out to me, other than Miami. And and I, without giving it, I mean, I'll just give it away. Uh, we talked to our buddy uh, from Boston College there, Kevin Carpenter, a few weeks ago. Remember that that game is the red bandana game. It's the homecoming game for Boston College. Mm-hmm. And and if 
you know, you get healthy Phil Dracovic and a couple of the transfers that have gone in, the, gone in there. I mean, that could be a very dangerous situation for Clemson as well in that particular spot. And it's a week after the NC State game, too, uh, and a week before traveling to Tallahassee. So a little bit of a sandwich spot. Um, I think that's on the table. So I, I, if you're asking me, is Clemson going to lose at least two games this year? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, and maybe I'll look stupid for that, but um, I, I, I'm with you. I think this is more of a nine and three, ten and two Clemson team than a uh, than a twelve and zero one. Just based on what they looked like last year and some of the other decisions that have been made off the field. But I have right. uh, I have been wrong before, so this would not be the first time. <laughs> yeah, I I think they're going to have issues with their um, their transfer policy, like you mentioned. But I'm not sure if that comes into play yet. Hmm. Um, not to say that it won't, I think it will, if they continue kind of running their team like this, but, um, I'm not sure if this is the year it happens. With that being said, I I also don't know if there are 12 and 0, 11 and one Clemson either. Right. So that notwithstanding, like I I, I'm in agreement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, they, they do have a better, deeper roster than the entire rest of the conference. Right. So there is still that. It's just, I think the the gap there has closed in, in a lot of cases. So I, I don't think this is a thing. They're just going to have total walkthroughs all 12 weeks, you know, or, or right. 10 or 11 of the weeks before they go play the ACC championship and then make the playoff. It, you know, I think it'll be at least a little bit tougher if, if nothing else. Right. All I right. Agree. Under for the both of us, Mike, next highest win total on the board. Next highest win total on the board is NC State. Uh, I was going to go with Notre uh, Dame just, if we want to include Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Or we can just move right. on to we'll NC Notre State. Dame. We got Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame, right. nine and a half. Um, feels a little low, but also kind of a bit of a reset year after the departure of Brian Kelly and such. What are you thinking here? And I'm pulling their schedule up right now. This comes as a shock to you, but they do get Clemson at home. Um, <laughs> they do get Clemson at home, like we mentioned. As has been reported, yeah. Um, the one game I do know they get is Labor Day weekend. They go to Columbus. Going so, to the horseshoe. Um, not to say that Notre Dame would go in there and not perform well, but that's not exactly a uh, easy game to open up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine and a half. I mean, what a weird schedule. They have Cal coming South End, you know, you've got your Stanford game in the middle of the year, which means you get USC at the end, right? Because you're going to Southern Cal. Those games flip-flop every year. You either get one team at home in the middle of the schedule, or you go out to California to finish the year against one of them. And um, this year, it's it's going to USC. You've got to play Boston College. you got to play BYU. That'll be an annoying game at home. Um But all that being said, this feels like 10 and two, but then again, like how good is USC going to be in year one with Lincoln Riley in game number 12? Yeah. Like that's, that's the swing game for me because Mm -hmm. essentially what needs to happen then is you need to have no upsets. Um, You know, you got to win the games you're supposed to win and then pick off either one of Ohio State or Clemson before facing USC if USC is going to be good. Mm -hmm. So nine and a half, I'm going to go under. 
I'm just going to say nine and three. They'll be Notre Dame will be good. They'll be Marcus Freeman year one. I expect them to be still very competitive, good team. But that's that's a lot of wins with pretty tough with, with three really tough games on there. Yep, I'm I'm going to go under as well. I, I'm with you that this feels like nine and three. Marcus Freeman, first time head coach. Um, again, a little bit of some changeover on both sides of the ball, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, coming off a pretty good two year run there where it was a playoff appearance and then a near playoff appearance. Um, I, I just think this is due for a, a little bit of a reset. And so I think, especially with some of these games on the schedule, you know, the trip to North Carolina could always be a little squirrely. Uh, yeah. you know, again, they get Boston college late in the season. Again, a healthy Phil Dracovic, who knows, um, so I, I think there's enough opportunities here for them to lose, and I've I've got enough questions about Notre Dame going into the yep. year. That, yeah, give me the under. I think nine and three is pretty reasonable. They'll they'll be pretty good, but nine and a half I think is just a shade high. Yep. If it was eight and a half, I would feel really conflicted with what to do. I would too. Yeah, because not nine and a half I think is pretty. I, I think that eight nine win range is pretty good, just considering the schedule. Um, not to say, yeah, Notre Dame's eight and four. Like, sure, they can go eight and four, but I think that's a better team than that, better roster than that. But that's a really tough schedule. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Mike, you mentioned NC State at eight and a half. They are one of three teams with a win total of eight and a half. Um, let's start with the Wolfpack. Yep. We we just recently got done talking to our guy Derek Taylor about his Wolfpack. Um, both said feeling pretty bullish. On the Wolfpack, how how bullish are you feeling? You feeling nine and three bullish? Oh man, this is um, this is going to be an interesting year for NC State. I mean, we were talking with uh, with Derek last night, or I'm sorry, when you whenever you previously heard this, we definitely did not record <laughs> two podcasts in a row. That's not something we would do. We would um, never. Well, and the thing that he talked about was, you know, whenever fans of NC State are bullish on the Wolfpack, they tend to underperform. And when, whenever NC State is not expected to really do much of anything, they outperform expectations. And I feel like NC State, though, with the schedule, with the team they have returning, I really just feel like this is going to be a really, really good NC State team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they got a couple tough games. Right, but the schedule sets up pretty well. Going to Death Valley is going to be a pretty good test. Um, Derek was talking about how East Carolina is a really tough opponent to play, and you have to go to Greenville this year to play them. But that's a game NC State should win. Um, the Texas Tech game at Carter Finley is intriguing, but that's a game NC State should win. Right, that that's a year one situation at Texas Tech. Um, so I mean, I look at the the rest of the schedule and. I mean, name the losses. Like, I'm, I'm having trouble doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> sure, you, you play UNC on the road, rivalry game end of the year. North Carolina, I think, will be a pretty decent team. But NC State's better. So that's a game NC State should be favored in. If all goes according to playing up to that point, right? At Louisville could be a tough game, but NC State should be favored. Boston College, tough game. But you get them at home. NC State probably will be favored. Yeah. So I just go up and down this this schedule, and I have trouble picking out losses. Um, probably favored in at least ten of those games. Right. And and the number is nine and a half. Mm-hmm. 
Wait, no, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, I'm going over. I, I think they're. I think they're an easy nine and three. I agree again. I agree, and and it does give me pause hearing uh, Derek talk about how you just can't really rely on NC State to do what you expect them to do. They're kind of like Auburn in that way, maybe. <laughs> um, right. So it right. is. It does feel a little risky taking the over here and and expecting them to pull through and be as good as I expect them to be, but. I mean, like you're saying, if if they're going to lose four games on this schedule, I, I'm not totally sure who all they'll be, assuming they can just play consistently from week to week. Um, and it sure seems like, I mean, between Devin Leary at quarterback and all the returning talent around him on offense and, and the guys on defense, especially that linebacking core, should be really impressive. Um, yep. I mean, I, I think they've got enough veteran leadership and talent and capability to, to play – consistently week to week and go at least nine and three maybe maybe even get to the promised land mike and finish ten and two heaven forbid we don't see that very often yeah well at some point you uh, you are what your record says you are <laughs> yeah, twist that knife oh uh, yeah i don't I, well I, I i take no pleasure in saying that mike but <laughs> it's, it's just it is what it is i'm trying to be right here so um I'm going with the over. Don't let me down here, Wolfpack. I mean, this would be the funniest eight and four ever. Mm-hmm. Especially if they beat Clemson in Death Valley and then go eight and four. It's <laughs> <laughs> finish eight and four anyway. <laughs> Can you imagine them beating Clemson in Death Valley, losing like on the road to Syracuse against like first year Virginia Tech at home? Oh, at Louis- that, that that was just for me, Joey. Mm-hmm. At Louisville, at UNC, <laughs> there's four. We didn't even I, name Wake. I. I want to say don't sleep on Eastern Carolina, East Carolina, sorry. Don't sleep on East Carolina. Carolina. <laughs> going and playing that game in Greenville. But I also don't think that their roster is like really particularly ready to uh, to hold up for four quarters against NC State even in week one. So probably not that big a deal. Probably. Right. Over for both of us. Uh, Mike, two other teams with an eight and a half win total. Guesses on either one. Uh, you said eight and a half win total. Oh, Come on, boy. somebody's re- somebody we think is going to be really good. They got a new coach. Miami, Miami. Number one. The I'm trying to think of number two though. <laughs> the Hurricanes, eight and a half. Yep. Um, yep. This is a they. They've got a a road game in week three at Texas A and M where they will certainly be an underdog going into Kyle mm-hmm. Field. Uh, I do not expect them to win that game. I the, will. the question is if i got to find three more losses on this schedule for them to go under this win total. I, I mean, with as good as Tyler Van Dyke looked for a lot of last year, uh, hopefully getting you know a little bit of some improvement both at both coordinator spots. And uh, – I, that's the kind of thing that, again, Miami's got a pretty good roster from a starting standpoint, especially when compared to a lot of these teams on their schedule. I mean, you're talking about the out-of-conference is at Texas A&M, but otherwise it's Bethune-Cookman, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee. Like, that's that's 3-0 right there. You're going to go 3-1 yeah. with that loss to A&M, most likely. And then, you know, can you go 6-2 and right. against the ACC? Carolina at home, at Virginia Tech, Duke at Virginia, Florida State at Georgia Tech, at Clemson, home against Pittsburgh. 
the Clemson game is one where you're not going to be favored uh, going into Death Valley unless Clemson is kind of in shambles at that point somehow, some way. Right. So, um, uh, man, I'm I'm struggling with this. This this is a good number, I think, for Miami. I, I think probably right on between eight and eight and four, nine and three, something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna go nine and three because of quarterback play. So I'm gonna go over here. Um, I mean, the, the the thing I struggle with though here with an eight and a half number is that I see two, and and maybe this is a fault of mine for calling Clemson a surefire loss, but I feel like Clemson and A and M are two almost surefire losses um, going on the road for both of those games. It's gonna be pretty difficult for Miami, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned the scenario where, like, you know, the only way Clemson is not favored in that game is if they're in shambles. I mean, I don't think they'll be in shambles, you know? Like, even last year where, you know, we talked about, oh, yeah, Clemson's not what they were. We got to that point in the year, and we were like, wow, that's weird. Clemson still won nine games anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not going to be an easy out at home. But then again, I look at the I look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, North Carolina probably a decently tough game. Get them at home. You go to Blacksburg year one. I mean, that's that's a good time to catch them on the road. Duke's going to be really bad. At UVA could be a tough game. Like that's the one where I think could really swing the over under. Could be a weird one, yeah. Um, Miami Before- always plays weird games against UVA, too. Yep. You know. Um, and then a you week go later, to Scott Stadium. Stadium. I mean, a week later, Florida State. So that's like the look ahead, the look ahead game, right? Where Miami should out talent UVA, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's a week before a huge rivalry game, yeah. and Cristobal really going to want to win that one. So, yeah, man, it's it's tough. I'm going to go over though. Like, I think Miami's got the talent. I think they got the coaching staff in there to really change the culture for the better. I think we actually see Miami get back to kind of, I'm not saying like Larry Coker, where they're like going 12 and 0. College football is different now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think Cristobal is definitely the right guy to kind of change the culture and get the buy in and kind of get this, this program with how talented they are kind of playing towards their peak. So I'm going to go over. I, I think they, they win nine in year one. I'm go with the year one impact with a guy like Cristobal is going to be the thing to watch, and I'm going to go under here. I'm going to I'm going to say they finish eight and four. Like you mentioned, I mean A and M and Clemson. I'll I'll pencil those in as losses for now. Again, both on the road, both teams that that have better rosters than you. Probably the only two teams on this whole on this whole schedule that have better rosters, both on the road, um, both figure to be top ten programs. I I think. Yep. Who knows with Clemson, but I think there's a couple other losable games here. You know, Florida State and Pittsburgh, both at home, but both definitely games you could lose. Georgia Tech, as bad as they've been, you know, two of the last three years you've played them and, and lost one and and I think won the other one by three. So it's not like they've had the easiest time against them for, for whatever reason. Um, you mentioned North Carolina. Like, there there's – there's ways that they can lose. And I think between this Miami program and what it's been, and let's not forget Mario Cristobal, not his, his programs have not been immune to the, uh, the random clunker game that they lose that they have no business losing. 
that's, like Utah. Yeah, that's that's well, and doing that twice. I mean, just getting thumped. <laughs> um, that's all completely on the table. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the under. I think that's gonna happen to him at least once. Uh, maybe twice, you know, that kind of thing. But I think eight and four, probably more reasonable than nine and three, even though, again, I, I really like the quarterback situation. I like a lot of what's going on down there, and I I think it'll mostly work out, but... Um, it's a good number. Yeah, so I don't think this is a, yeah, an instant, like, fix everything overnight kind of kind of higher either. So, all right, under, under for me, over for you. Wake Forest, the Steeman Deeks. I was going to say, which seven and a half one total are we going with next? Uh, it's eight and a half. Oh, eight and a half. Oh, Wake's at eight and a half. Wake is at eight and a half. And, Mike, when I first heard that, I was like, that's too high. Hmm. No way. Like, we're, we're, uh, we're overvaluing Wake after they won the division last year, all this stuff. And then, Mike, I look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, we should probably. It's probably time that we sit down. And we have a little bit of a conversation about Wake's out of conference scheduling. This is this is where uh, you know you're 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 uh, you're asked to. I'm trying to think of like something going back to school where you uh, you're totally half-assing something. Like, yeah, we had to schedule a Power Five opponent, so we scheduled Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, like in the longest yard, you know, they're like, yeah, schedule a crap-ass school like Appalachian State. Their their out of conference is VMI, Vanderbilt in in Nashville for what it's worth, Liberty, and then Army in the middle of October. Army obviously not a slacker program. Liberty has been pretty good. So I I think it's like the name value here maybe is a little worse than the actual on field value looks like. But that that I mean I figure for Wake that should be at least three and one, if not four and zero, out of conference. A couple things here. Number one, the schedule I'm looking at shows Liberty is the homecoming game in September. In week three, wow. you're having your homecoming game. Yeah, so that's that's odd to me. Sure. <laughs> week three. Um, also, like shout out Wake Forest. You're scheduling an SEC team that you play against, and they're going to make you look like the SEC team. Yeah, so that's that's always good. <laughs> that'll be a a bit of a gratifying game to watch i would imagine i would imagine yeah not just for wake fans but just acc fans everywhere (laughs) yeah but wake's gonna win that game by like four touchdowns Mm -hmm. um yeah this is this is i'm with you i mean i I think three and one maybe even four now i mean i think the the one game i would look at that is potential you know has potential to be a tough real tough game as army um liberty you lose malik willis that's gigantic mm-hmm. like that's a that's a big loss at quarterback um he did so much for them i, I guess a hugh freeze offense will still be they'll still be good and functional and all that and i expect liberty to still be a bowl team but like are, are they going to be like back half of the top 25 good i mean i you know, that, that's a different question. I think Wake Forest has capability to be that, right? So, and Liberty uh, yeah. coming off games at Southern Miss, home against UAB before that. So, yeah. So both teams should be two and zero. Yeah. So I mean, that's a really interesting game, and I think we've talked about the eight and a half win total. Like that's a pretty big one. Yeah. In terms of hey, that could be a swing game because you look at the ACC schedule. You know. Back half of September, early October is, is a tough stretch, right? Because you have your three non-conference games in the beginning, home against Clemson at Florida State, home against Army before the bye week. 
I mean, I think to get to eight, you got to be, you got to be at least five and one. Mm. So I look at the back half. I mean, worst. Ca- I think worst case four and two, because Clemson, Florida State, back to back with, you know, Liberty and Army sandwiching. You you could reasonably go two and two and not be too upset about that. I think in that stretch, Army feels like a body blow game. It's like okay, mm-hmm. we're playing Clemson and Florida State. Now we got to play a team that runs the option. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like that's not an easy three game stretch. Luckily, we know that Wake Forest can give up fifty points to Army and win by two touchdowns. Like that's true. Yeah, that's true. We have I mean, seen so that like, with our own eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's like the the line can't be too high to bet the it's impossible. I think I'm going to go under. I think I think this is a bit of a sell high point with Wake Forest, and I th- I think they'll be plenty good. And, and there's I, this one feels like I could be wrong. They could go like nine and three with Sam Hartman in year six and some of those receivers and and everything else they got going. So I, I think that's on the table. But let me just play the odds and take the under eight and a half. I mean, there are seven games I think they can lose, and. Um, you can still have a winning record and go under, mm-hmm. right? Like Clemson, Florida State Army, Boston College, Louisville, NC State, UNC, all losable. And all in a row. And all in a row. I mean, you got a bye week after Army, right? Kind of right in the middle mm-hmm. before you host Boston College in late October. But, I mean, that's that's a tough, that's a tough like, eight-week stretch if you're including the bye. I mean, I am, I'm with you. I'm going to go under, I think, at least right now, before we preview them, I think they're an eight and four type team. Mm-hmm. Um, seven and five at worst. I mean, I'd be surprised if Wake Forest finished seven and five. That feels like that feels like the floor to me. With well, and, and Hartman coming back, the offense. I mean, Boston. kind of the opposite of what we were saying about Miami. Like Wake is a team too that's going to probably win at least one game that we kind of don't expect them to all year. Um, Dave Clawson has done a really good job of doing that most every year of. of pulling a rabbit out of the hat one week and jumping up and beating someone they shouldn't. So that's, that's gotta be considered as well. Right. No, I agree with you. So, all right. Under for the both of us, but plenty of uh, potential for either direction. Let's keep going. Mike seven and a half. We have two teams with a win total of seven and a half guesses. Who do we want to go with first? Joey. Do we want to talk about UVA? We can. It just I, first of all, it really ruins the, the guessing game when I send you the lines beforehand and line them up in order of what, what we're gonna well, do. Yeah, yeah we, and I gotta and I gotta scroll. I gotta scroll through and decide. I gotta decide which schedule we're gonna pull. It's just good podcast, Joey. Virginia at seven and a half. I. That number seems high to me. I, I I'm re- I'm ready to fade the Cavs coming into this Love year. That. And Tony Elliott and I mean they get Brennan Armstrong back and and again a lot of that receiving core is coming back. But I mean this team had some issues last year and and finished. I'm trying to remember was it uh, six and six in the regular season? Yeah, I mean yeah, defense was horrible. They were six and six. I I think this is probably a, a step back before a step forward situation with with a new head coach and everything. I. I don't think Tony Elliott and that whole staff come in year one and improve on what Bronco Mendenhall and Robert and I and those guys had going. So 
just straight up, like, give me the under. This is probably one of the ones I feel the best about. I think Virginia is a bit of a reset year, and uh, I, I, I'm not expecting them to be particularly good as we sit here. You in hate to see it. Mid-June. Yeah, you really hate to see it. But more <laughs> than that, you love to see it. Tragic, yeah, for, for you in particular. Yeah. Bummer. I mean, Mike, as we say, though, my soundboard is not really working. That's what we say. Anybody? Nobody? Soundboard? No, nothing. All right, well, we'll try to reset that. You start talking about the Cavs. Virginia's awesome. There we go. Um, I actually disagree with you. Really? I do. Is it because Virginia's awesome? It's because they're not going to lose a game in the first five weeks of the year. You sure? I mean, pick one. I, I think Illinois could be a little feisty, and I think Syracuse could be a little feisty, both on the road. <clears throat> At worst, they're four and one. Okay. Yeah, coastal. Yeah, coastal Carolina late November. Um, and it's not really, really good coastal Carolina anymore. It's not the same. Yeah. Like, and you know, Georgia Tech is not going to be very good, and Pitt is. I mean, it's Keaton Slovis, right? So okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We've seen the show before, like. He's got a lot of Max Brown in him, as I've alluded to. Mm-hmm. So, and then you get Virginia Tech at the end of the year in Blacksburg, which I understand is like you can never bet on UVA to win that game, but it's year one. Yeah. So, you tell me they can't, they, they couldn't get to, they couldn't potentially eight get to four. Eight, eight and four. <sighs> I mean, Brennan Armstrong, you make a compelling case. I mean, it's again, you open. Richmond at Illinois, home against Old Dominion, at Syracuse, at Duke. If they go 5-0, and oh, Joey, it's a wrap. It pretty they much is. three more after that. Yeah. I mean, you'd be 2-0 and oh in the ACC. Yeah, you only need three more. I mean, you're putting a lot of faith in Illinois. It's also entirely possible that they finish the game on a, finish the year on a five-game losing streak, and I don't think it's out of the question that they finish the year on a seven-game losing streak. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, yeah, you start five and zero, you could finish five and seven, like that. That's, I think that's on the table, and and yes, I realize that game number seven is Georgia Tech, but that's in Atlanta. It's on a Thursday night, and Georgia Tech, like, again, total changeover. The coaching staff got some transfers came in this this off season. Like, I know what they've been, and I'm not. You know, not going to bat form that they're definitely going to be better, but they could be. Like that's possible. And if they are, then it's really funny. (laughs) It's just going to be really funny reflecting on this when Jeff Collins saves his job on October twentieth by beating UVA. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, it's more that when it's more that when you look at Georgia Tech's schedule and you're trying to find six wins, like Virginia's the third easiest game on the schedule, like. And that's not exactly yeah. a slight against UVA. It's more just like, again, that we'll get there. Um, I mean, Virginia's final seven games, again, in in a row, you've got Louisville at home, then a bye week, Georgia Tech in Atlanta on Thursday night, and then Miami, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Coastal Carolina, all at home, and then at Virginia Tech to close out the year. Yeah. Tell me which one of those games that they are definitely, unquestionably going to win. Like... I don't think there is one. There is not one. That's correct. There's not one. Other than probably Georgia Tech. Who knows? Like they'll, you know. Oh yeah, Georgia. Well, yeah. I mean, Joey, come on. 
But even then, start five and zero, beat Georgia Tech, and that's six and six. You could easily lose those other six games. Like that's on the table. So, I'm just saying, give me the under. <sighs> you going over? No, I'm not going under. <laughs> I talked me into it. it. <laughs> into it, out of it, depending on what what we were looking at it. You were really, but, really hoping to uh, to take the Virginia win total over. I, I can tell. I just, I, I really don't see a loss in the first five weeks. And are we sure Louisville's going to be better? I, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. See what I'm saying? We're at seven and a half wins. We haven't talked about <laughs> Louisville yet. Like, I mean, this UVA, we, we can talk about Louisville next if you want. This UVA defense is still pretty bad, though. So. Oh, no. We, we, we've got we've got a while before we get to Louisville's win total <laughs> as we work our way down. So <laughs> we'll get there. Oh, God. All right. Under for the both of us for Virginia at 7.5. Uh, Pittsburgh, 7.5, as you mentioned, Mike. Gross, gross, gross. I think we're probably gross. going over here, right? <clears throat> And I, I, I mean, am I am skeptical about Keaton Slovis and and basically everything that happens on offense in a post Mark Whipple Kenny Pickett world. Yep. Not to mention that they weren't that great on offense before last year either. Like it was kind of a one year lightning in a bottle situation. No Mark Whipple, no Kenny Pickett, no Jordan Addison. Keaton Slovis, as you mentioned, might be uh, Max Brown two which not exactly a, com- a compliment. No, no. I mean, Max Brown was a former five-star recruit and that was just objectively awful. I mean, not, not even good. I mean, he was pretty bad. <sighs> All right. I mean, interesting out-of-conference schedule. It is. It is very interesting. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Let me, let me start here. West Virginia... So at first of all, backyard brawl. Thank you. Fantastic. This is what right? we needed. <laughs> like before we even talked about this, backyard brawl. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Rivalry game. Um, most of these kids weren't alive the last time it was played. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, week two. That's a loss. They're going to lose that game this year. They should have lost it last year. Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, they're going to lose that game. They they're they're that not going to be able to score with Tennessee. No. Head and Hooker could throw for like five bills. RIP. He's nothing's wrong with him. He's just not on Virginia Tech anymore. Mm-hmm. At Western Michigan, dub, Rhode Island, dub. Okay, I mean, so we're sitting. We're just chalking up that win at Western Michigan. They got beat by. The, <laughs> they got beat by the Broncos at home last year. It's again, again. They they should have beaten Western Michigan. They should have lost to Tennessee. It's a wash. Fair. So, Pitt's now in a scenario here where they're going to be three and one. And then they have Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, two very, very winnable games. And we go win, both of them win. at home, yeah. right? So let's say that they're four and one. You want to say they're four and one? Four, four and two, or five and one? Because that'll be six games in. Oh, sorry. Uh, let, let's say five and one. Five and one. Yeah. <laughs> let's okay. say they sure. Let's say they split West Virginia and Tennessee to win the others. All right. I think that's reasonable. Okay. Fair enough. Bye week. At Louisville, at North Carolina, home against Syracuse, at UVA, home against Duke, at Miami. Mm-hmm. There's not a game in that back half of the schedule that I look at and say it's a definite loss. Yeah. 
I mean, at Miami, tough game. Yeah, that's the definite one. loss. Going going to South Florida and playing that game at the end of the season. No, not a not a definite loss, but won't be favored. I'm going over. I think there's a chance that at Louisville and at North Carolina, you're not favored. Um, probably favored against West Virginia at home. Probably not favored against Tennessee at home. If I had to guess, that that I'm one over. could be a small spread. Over we seven and a half. Eight. Think eight and four. We gotta get to eight, Joey. Um, and if they go five and one to open the year, you basically just gotta beat Syracuse, UVA, and Duke. Hmm. That's eight. Let's do something. Um, let's do something scientific here. Let's go look up Pat Narduzzi's record as a head coach. So. Okay, so his first two years at Pittsburgh, he went eight and four, eight and four, and then five and seven. Uh, I believe seven and five. Yeah, five and seven, seven and five, seven and five, six and five, and then last year went eleven and three. Yep. I think that eleven and three is a little bit of a uh, of a. Uh, an outlier, as they call them in statistics. I would agree. Class. I think it's an outlier. I would agree. Yeah, I uh, agree. I think this thing comes back down to earth. I think they lose a couple of these games. They're probably not supposed to. Give me the under. Uh, I, I think they'll go seven and five. Seven, seven and five is probably about right. It'll, it'll be close. I think seven and a half is a good number. It is a good number. I'm saying they come up, you know, one win short uh, of going over the number, but not by much. I, I think that's pretty spot on. You got the over, though? Yep. Yeah, I got the over. All right. I won't try to talk you out of it. I think they, I think they get to it. Oh, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> what are we going to do? I, what would we do in a world where Pittsburgh wins eight games? What would we do, Mike? Guess what we did last year, right? That's right. They won. Same thing we do every year, Pinky. They ACC title. <laughs> what a world. Mike, I'm not going to try to talk you into uh, taking the under on Pittsburgh. I am going to try to talk to you, uh, talk you into – going to section103.com. I was going to say section103.com. <laughs> it is the internet's best place to go buy all sorts of Georgia Tech apparel, Mike. They've got t-shirts, they've got hoodies, sweatshirts, uh, all sorts of good things, something for the the, uh, the whole family, men, women, children, everybody. Uh, they've got stuff with the official Tech Gold. They've got the official ATL logo, uh, all the official word marks. For some reason, these things are hard to find elsewhere. I don't know why, but you can go find them at section103.com. It's actually very easy. Uh, Mike, they're also always innovating, coming out with new things. They most recently came out with a set of stickers. Um, really cool. Uh, I, I really look forward. I, I need to go get one of those, uh, the ATL logo that uh, that they recently dropped one of the stickers for. Uh, that thing looks really sweet. They've got another one that has some icons that, that seem like they line up and suggest something along the lines of perhaps, I don't know, fight, win, drink, get naked. I, I don't think that's an official cheer uh, i don't think that's necessarily uh, sanctioned by the school but y- if you want a sticker that seems like it might imply those things uh it's at section103.com uh mike they can get 10 percent off their first order using promo code go acc at section103.com um steven sent over one of the uh, the section 103 stickers to me i it, it is really sweet it is as of, as with everything else it looks great it's got great quality um, it is sitting right on my work laptop. I'm proud to tell all my coworkers about Section 103 and getting discounts. Um, so, 
Go do that. Go go check them out. Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. All right. Mike, let's keep going. We have four teams, and this is this is an all-time like ACC thing to say. We have it is. four. Yeah. We have a like a, you know almost uh, I don't math is hard. We have four teams with a win total of six and a half. Um, start guessing which one. Wh- where are we starting? Let's start with the Hokies. We're starting with the Hokies, Mike. Why do they have a win total of six and a half? Because they have a new coach and the team's not very good. No, I'm saying why is it that high? Shouldn't it be lower than that? I know. Uh, it, it probably should be. Low. Yeah, probably should be. Low. Yeah. Probably should be out of conference um, at Old Dominion, home against Wofford, home against West Virginia, on the road at Liberty. Um, there is uh, multiple. I would say three of those four are potentially losable. Um, like <laughs> fucking kill me. <laughs> Sorry. Like grab that. I mean, you could you yeah. could you could win them all, but like one in three is not completely out of the question won't be that bad for a rebuilding like first year head coach program i'm just saying <laughs> does that say the wofford game starts at 11 a.m it does eastern time because i'm in central time and seeing a 10 a.m start time that way if virginia tech loses i can kill myself before three o'clock <laughs> God. be good uh kill myself please, please don't three do dirty that. games please don't do that uh do, 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 six and a do, half do, do, do. um cbs music no, oh, yeah, six and a half. I'm, I, I kind of, I think under. I think I, I'm, yeah. I'm leaning towards this. This gives me some six and six vibes. Okay, that's that's totally fine. I think they make fun. a bowl game. Yeah, um, it's a good number. Um, I, I think they're a six or seven win team. Yeah, that's where they're at. I feels right. I mean, for as bad as Justin Fuente recruited, like that team was still capable of making bowl games. I mean, they, I, I get that they have like a five, one season in COVID and they had a five, one season in 2018 that really turned into a six, one season when they got Marshall at the back end of the year. Remember all that happened. They had to like mm-hmm. reschedule Marshall because a hurricane game. Um, so, I mean, he had two, two losing seasons at Virginia tech, but he always took Virginia tech to a bowl game. So reasonably speaking, outside of the COVID year, throw it away. Um, reasonably speaking, Virginia Tech should make a bowl game with what I hope is a better coaching staff. And talent that is unproven, but, you know, still capable, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to go – I'll go under <laughs> – Six and six as well. I was going to say, you were making a face trying to decide that, that I don't think I've ever seen you make before. You were very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm not sure I can make that same face again. <laughs> I think it was that. That was pretty close, actually. Please don't okay. do that anymore. That's, that's a weird it's face. Good. All right. Good. Under for both Go of on. us for the Hokies, but it's like a six and six close under for six and a half, six and a half wins. Don't want to hurt myself, you know? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Mike, they are joined at six and a uh, six and a half win total uh, by the Boston College Eagles. Mm-hmm. Home against Rutgers, home against Maine, uh, at UConn, at Notre Dame. That's 
that's two and two at worst in the out of conference. More than likely, probably three and one. Mm-hmm. I like the over here. I think Boston College. I mean, again, you get a healthy Phil, Phil Dracovic. I think they've still got Zay Flowers there. Like, you, you've still got some guys there that can make something happen. I think last year they they again kind of cratered a little bit when Dracovic goes out with an injury. But if he's back, he's healthy. He's looking like he did in 2020. I think Boston College has some real upside here. I, I think they could be a, a sneaky, really good team in the Atlantic Division this year. Yeah, I'm going over as well. Um, yeah, the the Rutgers game. Don't sleep on that one. Rutgers like, should be fine. They should be. Yeah, that they're not going to be as objectively terrible as they've been the last few years. Um, they were they were better last year. There were certainly signs. Virginia Tech reminded everybody that they can make anybody look good in that bowl game. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think it's probably a three and one non-conference stretch. Don't lose to UConn, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I look at the the conference games. I mean, that stretch Florida State, Louisville, Clemson is going to be pretty crucial. I mean, you're going to try not to drop two of those. And then back half of the schedule, I think it's a bit more manageable. You have a pretty tough two week stretch at NC State at Notre Dame in November. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. Yep. Um, but I mean, outside of that, I think the schedule is doable. You know, the the tougher games are kind of spread out across the schedule. Um, you know, Clemson's a pretty tough game, obviously, but then you get a bye week before going to Wake. Mm-hmm. So I think that works in BC's favor. Um, that at NC State at Notre Dame stretch is tough, but you know, you have UConn and Duke two games in a row to kind of prepare yourself for that big game against NC State. So yeah, I like the way the schedule lays out for Boston College. There are some tough games in there, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go over with you. I think it's like an eight and four game. I yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking is is some in the eight and four range, um, bit of a step up. And I, I think again, I think last year was a bit of an aberration. I think they'll they'll be quite a bit better this year. And, and as I start looking at some of these games on the schedule again, I mean, I think at Virginia Tech in week two. I, f- I figure you're probably favored in that game. You're definitely favored against Maine. You're definitely favored at UConn. You're definitely favored against Duke at home. You're definitely favored against Syracuse at home to end the year. Like, there's a lot of these that, you know, I, I think would almost enter kind of what I would call layup territory for Boston College. Right. And right. it gets you to like five or six right there off the bat. So um, I, I think they'll be, they'll be good enough to get there. So both of us taking the over with the Eagles. Mike? Yeah, I'm with you. Also at six and a half, got to talk about the Knowles, baby. Florida State, uh, out of conference, home against Duquesne, uh, Duquesne, as it were. Uh, Duquesne. They get LSU on the uh, – I'm just going to go ahead and call it a road game. They're playing that in the Superdome like an hour away from Baton Rouge, so that's that's a road game. Uh, you get uh, Louisiana at home, and then you also get Florida at home to end the year. That's, I mean, that's a pretty tough out of conference schedule. I'd say you're you're probably going two and two at best. Could be one and three if that Louisiana game gets a little squirrely, and I think that's mm-hmm. on the table. Obviously, you know Billy Napier no longer uh, there with with the Cajuns, but now he's with Florida, so you'll see him the week later, anyways. Um, I think you're probably looking at two and two out of conference, and then the question becomes: Can you go five and three in conference? Uh, probably on the table. I mean, mm-hmm. you got road games at NC State and home against Clemson uh, kind of in back-to-back weeks. 
you get uh you know Georgia Tech after a bye week and a letdown game so I think the uh, I think the Jackets probably win that one but um you got to travel to Miami uh you got a road game at Syracuse after that it could also be a letdown game spot so I don't know it could be some danger but I think we we're expecting that Florida State is building something here and improving and I think you see some progress year over year I think they can get to seven and five here I kind of like the over you really got to talk yourself into it though yeah, when you start lining up, you know, which games and yeah. I think there probably ends up being a good number of toss up games in the division. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I mean, we're we're in we're in the stretch of these previews here with these schedules where there's a lot of toss up games that go either way. Um I mean, I I look at this, I mean LSU probably a loss. Um Although Florida State played a wonky game against the Brian Kelly coach team last year and almost came away with an early season victory, right? Um, but for all intents and purposes, that that's was. a road game. What's up? What a game that was. That was that was a crazy game. Yeah, that was <laughs> nuts. Um, I'm going to go under. I have a hard time seeing him get the seven. Uh, I just – and I do think Florida State will perform. Like, I, I think the team on the field will be better. It's kind of how I felt going into the year last year. Like, I think the team will be better. But I look at this schedule and I just – like, realistically, I mean, they have two bye weeks, right? A little weird. They play in week zero. Mm-hmm. LSU, probably a loss, right? Off week. At Louisville, home against BC, home against Wake, at NC State, home against Clemson. I mean, does Florida State win any of those? I, I would expect that they should win at least one to two of those games. Right. That's the only way it goes over. Is it is it possible that they lose them all? Sure. I mean, but, if they lose it all, the bet's dead, right? I mean, they lose all the bet's dead. Because you go to the second half of the year, you still got to play Miami and Florida. Um, you know, you, you, sh- you should. And the Georgia Tech game will not be. You get it at home. But that won't be like an easy game for Florida State. They lost That's it kind of, just in 2020. State. Like two years right. ago, <laughs> like right, like it's not, it's not crazy to say that Florida State actually technically on a two-game losing streak to Georgia Tech. It turns out, because the one before that, if I'm not mistaken, was the uh, miracle on Techwood Drive. So yeah, Knowles are on a losing streak to the Yellow Jackets. Yeah, and I heard if they <laughs> beat him a third time, there's an escalator clause in Jeff Collins' contract. It extends his contract three more years. Oh, I thought it meant it meant Florida State gets uh, relegated to the Sun Belt or something like that, but I mean that would be much funnier. <laughs> God, let's not oh, talk about man. extending Jeff Collins's contract and six more weeks of winter or whatever that results in. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Mike. Oh, we finally, under. we finally got there. I broke Mike. <laughs> under, we're going under. I think six Louisville, Boston under. College, Wake Forest in a row. All those are toss-up games. Um, like just total coin flips. I, I could see that going either way. Even at NC State, I, we expect NC State to be good. You get that game in Raleigh. I would think NC State is favored there, but you know, maybe Florida State has improved some. I don't know. LSU was kind of a mess last year. I do think there'll be a little bit of an immediate bump with Brian Kelly and especially again, getting that game in new Orleans. Like that's not, it's not really a tenable situation for uh, expecting to win a game. So, you know, don't, uh, don't get too excited about that one. I would say, um, so no, I, would agree. I think there's wins to be had here. And I think it really, it's, 
you know, the record will actually tell us a lot about the progress that's being made because some of these games, they, they should be ready to start winning as, as the staff gets another year in place and uh, another year of in- installing systems and shaping the roster and, and those kinds of things. So um, I'm going to take the over uh, a six and a half. I think they go maybe seven and five. I think, again, it's a good number. So I, I would expect it to finish up within about a half game on either side. So, you know, take that for what it is. Fair enough. Last team at six and a half, Mike, is North Carolina, uh, the Tar Heels. I have a good yeah. feeling that I'm going over on this one. Um, you are the resident North Carolina. Through I, I am. I am. Out of conference, home against Florida A&M, at App State, at Georgia State, home against Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame, you're not going to be favored against. There's a chance you could win that game. Sucks that you're going to – those those are your four games you start the season with. Now, Notre Dame is a uh, – is a you know, coming off a of bye week, but at App State, at Georgia State, you'll be favored in both of those games. Either one of them is losable. Um, so, I, I guess, you know, I, I think you should go 3-1 and one there to start the year, and then all you got to do is go 4-4 four and four in conference. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be able to do it. I've said that before. I've been wrong before. I think they'll go at least seven and five. So give me over with North Carolina. I'll tell you, they made it look so easy last year with Sam Harbin. Or Sam Harbin. Wrong quarterback. Sam Howell. We are definitely in midseason form here. Uh, <laughs> Good God. Um, under. 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 Uh, You're the real North Carolina truther here. <laughs> I, I just – I hate North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Under. I just hate them. I hate them. But I promise it comes from a good place. I just hate him. Uh, you hate him. It comes from a good place, though. That's that's what's that's yeah, what's important. It comes from a good place. Yeah, I promise. It comes from a good place. But yeah. <laughs> uh, the last the last five games: Pitt, UVA, Wake, Georgia Tech, NC State. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be absolutely sure they're going to come out with three wins there. I yeah yeah. And so that's that- the part. Some of that comes down to what you think of all the rest of those teams, and and again, mm-hmm. most of this is just the ACC coastal, and just right. what do you make of any of this? So it's just ACC weirdness. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and the reason why I say that is because I think they start the year three and out, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think obviously Virginia Tech's winnable. Duke, you're going to be favored, right? So that's two more. So that's that's five. Um, but. With all that being said, like the middle part of the schedule, I think lends itself to like a loss that you don't necessarily see coming, right? Like year one Virginia Tech, for example. Maybe they pop up and beat you. Um, it's possible. I mean, Georgia Tech in late November, look ahead game before you play a good NC State team at the end of the year. Mm hmm. Like that's a so I mean there's there's potential slip ups here. It's it's hard for me to to see them like easily get to seven or mm-hmm. easily get to eight. And you know there's there's a lot of questions. They've recruited extremely well. Um, we know that, but those guys got to be developed too. And it hasn't been the recruiting with Mac Brown. It's been the talent on the field has not played up to their expectations. Yeah, talent development has been an issue. Right. It's that's been the issue. And 
it's a doable schedule, like to get to seven or eight wins, maybe more, you know, even like if they're having a really good year, you get, you know, maybe more, but I just, I struggle, man. There's some tough games in here. Um, it's like, all right, great. You get through the three easier non-conference games. Oh, here comes Notre Dame, Chapel Hill. Yep. Oh, here comes Virginia Tech, year one. Like, they don't like North Carolina very much. Oh, okay. You beat Virginia Tech, good for you. Now you get to go to Miami, year one, Cristobal. Like, I don't know. It's just it it's kind of a tough schedule. The other thing I'm keeping in mind is that North Carolina's number last year was something like nine, <sighs> and now it's down to six and a half. I mean, that's abhorrent. It's a significant difference there. So we're talking about them as a playoff dark horse. I want to throw up. <laughs> what are we doing? I was so confident. It was a it was a uh, simpler time, Mike. It was a simpler time. You didn't you didn't say you you didn't say that. <laughs> not quite. Uh, you you did not call them a playoff team. You thought they would be good, but you did, you weren't calling them a playoff team. I mean, God, you you got some level of sanity. <laughs> oh, wasn't that deep in the Kool Aid? That's for sure. That's that's true. A couple more sips. <laughs> a little worried about you. Yeah, we were we were close though. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> they they almost made they yeah. they almost missed the ball game, but almost almost. Mike, you want to talk about some teams that did miss bowl games? This this is uh, we could start making sickos bets now. <laughs> well, to be to be fair, this first team did not miss a bowl game. They uh, they just got yeah. embarrassed in a bowl game. That's all. Uh, five and a half. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Do that again. Five and a half wins. The Louisville Cardinals. Mm. Mm. This feels this feels low to me, and you know what's it's funny because I feel like I do this every year. We go through this exercise, and I start looking at it, and we get like halfway through the list, and I'm like, I think I've picked almost every team so far to go under, and then we get to the the low end of the list, and I just start picking every team to go over, and yet here we are. Uh, give me probably give me the over with Louisville. I think they'll be good enough to at least make a bowl game. I, I don't think they'll be five and seven or worse bad this year. I, I really don't. I think they're going under. I think Satterfield's getting fired. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. Yeah, I mean, they they better get their wins before October 8th. Um, because after <laughs> the bye week, after the bye week, they might not win a game the rest of the season. It's on the table. It's on the table. Um, before you guys call me crazy, home against Pitt, home against Wake, home against James Madison, at Clemson, home against NC State, at Kentucky. I mean, you had really better win the James Madison game, but mm. that has been a like top 10 FCS program, and they'll be fired up to come into Cardinal Stadium. So, Good program. Maybe can't totally put it past them. Um, and that's a Sunbelt team now, actually, by the way. They're uh, yeah, they're an FBS team this year, so that's you know another another little dimension to that one. Yep. They are joined, they've joined the FBS, and I now have an FBS team like Two hours from my apartment, so that's pretty cool. Good times. I, I guess UVA too, but you know, <laughs> yeah. James Madison. Yeah, there's yeah. that. Yeah, I, out of conference at UCF, home against South Florida, uh, home against the Dukes of James Madison, and then on the road in Lexington against the dreadful, horrible Kentucky Wildcats. Um, they're they're going to lose that game. Like until further notice, yeah. they're just going to lose that game every year. <laughs> Uh, they, they don't have the dudes in the trenches to ha hold up with Kentucky. Do not, do not, do not let me 
talk myself into them possibly winning that game later this year. Please don't don't let me do it. I won't. Okay, good. Um, so, I'll hold I mean, you accountable. Can they go six and six here? I mean, you open at Syracuse at UCF, like that could be two and zero. Oh, it could be zero oh and two. Um, it's zero oh and two. They're toast. I'm personally not a huge. I'm not a huge believer in what Gus is doing down at UCF. Like, I don't think that they're going to be quite as uh, menacing as they've been in recent years. And and Louisville beat them at home in a pretty wild game last year at the, at the last second. So there is that. Uh, South Florida should still be kind of a layup. This is the thing: is that the the front half of the schedule is is really just a ton of toss up games. I mean, at Syracuse, at yeah. UCF, home against Florida State, home against South Florida, at Boston College, at Virginia. Like, I think it's pretty conceivable that Louisville wins or loses basically every single one of those games. Like, yeah, there's not one that I would really chalk up as a definite win, definite loss, other than I think they'll pretty definitely beat South Florida at home. Yeah, I mean, South Florida is really the only one. At Syracuse, they should win, but that offense was improved last year. Louisville's defense was a bit up and down. Like Garrett Schrader's capable of just like running over you a million mm. times. So that's not an easy one to get on the road to open the year. Yeah, like South Florida's the one. After that, you got toss up games till the middle of October. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the season's gonna be for Louisville. Like I just got a lot of questions and the back half of the schedule is tough. Like I don't I don't think they'll go home in six, but it's on the table. And um, I'm just going under. I, I think Satterfield's getting fired. I think this is it. That's my uh, that's my take. Uh, and and it's it's a it's a valid one. Like that that is a possibility. Um, I just don't think I don't think they're going to miss a bowl game. I, I think they'll be at least six and six. So I'll take the over. Um, yeah. Remember how good Malik Cunningham is and has been. Like you got him back. Um, you're missing Tyler Harrell. He transferred out, and that's a, a pretty big loss, I think, for your offensive firepower. But, like, you know, they did not have problems scoring points last year in a lot no. of cases. You know, th- their bigger issues tended to be on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, so that becomes a bit of a question this year, and can they get that right? But, I mean, they they played a lot of close and good games. I mean, they, they lost back-to-back games in early October to Wake Forest in Virginia by a grand total of four points. Like, yep. you finish six and six. That's the difference between that and eight and four, right? Is is like one possession of your defense coming up with a stop in both of those games. So, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be five and seven or worse. Bad. So give me the over, over five and a half. Yep. Fair enough. Three more, Mike. Uh, we got two teams at four and a half. You want to start with my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets? Let's do it. Let's do it. Again, I, as I mentioned earlier. And I think what we're going to get to when we get to previews is my take on Georgia Tech this year is largely that they, I mean, again, total staff changeover, I believe eight of the 10 assistants are new this year. The problem is that one of the two returning assistants is defensive coordinator, Andrew Thacker. I don't really know how that works. Um, So he's back, but otherwise, you know, pretty much total changeover of all the other assistants for better or worse. Um, You've got a new offensive coordinator. And Chip Long, a guy who seems like he really has a much better idea of what he's doing running an offense than Dave Patnode ever did. Um, you've got you know plenty of of an infusion of talent. Like 
I know what this team has been and how disappointing they've been and how much they've looked like they're not, they're not coached and they're not organized and they don't know what they're doing. And yet th- there is, if you really choose to believe that like it's going to be different this year, there's a lot of reasons that there that you could talk yourself into it. Like, and, and so I, I'm almost of the mindset that there's basically no middle ground here for Georgia tech between like three wins and six wins. Like either they're going to be significantly better or they're not. And, and, that's kind of it for me. And I, I just feel like at this point, the smart play is to take the under four and a half. Like I've, I've seen what this Collins era has been for a while now. Maybe it's different, but I think the smart thing, if I'm just, you know, playing the odds and taking a guess, probably to go under. And that's before Mike, we even talk about the schedule, which again, you open up against Clemson on uh, Labor Day night. You then host Western Carolina and then you host Ole Miss and then later go you've well. got a road game at Georgia uh, in, in the non-conference. And not to mention then also you've, after that Ole Miss game, you got a road trip to Orlando to take on that UCF team we were just talking about. So um, as, as mentioned, again, this is this is a schedule that looks like it was made by someone who hates Georgia Tech. And yeah. So I, you know, if I'm trying to do the smart thing here, probably taking the under. That is the smart thing. <laughs> under. I'm going under as well. Um, I think – Georgia Tech can win four. I think they'll probably just win three. Hmm. That'll be it. Um, I think they can win four. I think they can beat Western Carolina. I think they can beat Duke. I think they could potentially sneak up on either UVA or Virginia Tech. Um, And then if you're splitting with those teams, then you got to either pick off at Pitt or at Florida state. Like that's how you get to four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a hard schedule. I mean, that's, it's a hard schedule. Mm-hmm. Once is a loss, Ole Miss is a loss at UCF, probably a loss. You better beat Western Carolina at Pitt could be a toss up, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what the offense looks like with Keaton Slovis, you know, could potentially be a toss up, but they're going to be an underdog going on the road. Duke is going to be really bad. So you got to win that game by week. We just talked about UVA a couple minutes ago, right? They could either be pretty good with Brent Armstrong or defense could struggle again. Maybe Armstrong either regresses or gets hurt. You know, he's had injury issues. At Florida State, toss up. At Virginia Tech toss up, but then you're probably losing the last three games: Miami, North Carolina, and Georgia. Mm-hmm. You're going on the road for two of those three um, at UNC, at Georgia, then the year home against Miami. It's like okay, that, that's that's good to get that game at home, but that's you're not going to be favored in that one either. I'm I'm just going under. I they can get to four. Yeah. Um, I I think anything other than four, like if you get to five or six, it's an unbelievable year. Um, just given the schedule. It's a great year, in my opinion. It becomes a combination of, again, significant improvement on the coaching staff and then also some pretty significant drop-off from certain folks within the ACC. Again, there's a lot of a lot of changeover this year. A few new coaches, a bunch of new quarterbacks. Like, And that includes, like, you know, Ole Miss has a new quarterback. Uh, I believe UCF has a new quarterback. You know, like, there's a, there's a lot of this this kind of changeover newness on the schedule that could also produce some pretty wonky results in some places. So, um, th- I think there is kind of a, a a pretty significantly higher ceiling this year than there has been in recent years. But the floor is probably in the same exact place it's been the whole time. So, um, you know, 
Time will tell if the uh, the new coaching staff can get you closer to the ceiling than it has been. Yep, I agree. Uh, also at four and a half, Mike, the Syracuse Orange. How we feeling? How we feeling about Syracuse? Are we gonna we're gonna ride this this Garrett Schrader wave of whatever that was for the final eight games of the year, and they go five and seven again? I mean. They're playing a team called the Wagner Seahawks in week <laughs> five. So it's on the table. I mean, UConn's winnable. UVA with their defense is winnable. The Wagner game, obviously winnable. Um, is Wagner one of the main rivals for Bishop Sycamore? <laughs> I got him again. I broke oh, him again. God. My uh, <laughs> my fantasy football team name in all my leagues this year was Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> um, Excellent. If you know, you know. Yeah, if you know, you know. I I'm going under here too. Uh, I'm going under here too. I think they won four. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to repeat some of those tricks from last year. Uh, this is a bit of a tricky out-of-conference game with Purdue in week three. Uh, that That's a very losable game. Uh, Notre Dame, obviously, you're not going to be favored in that game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you get a game, obviously, on the road at Clemson, uh, being a divisional opponent. That's a week after NC State. I mean, that's that's probably the worst three-game stretch any team has in this conference on their schedule. Home against Girl. NC State, at Clemson, home against Notre Dame, all in a row. Uh, thankfully, you get the bye week and the Wagner game before that. So... There's yeah, that. two bodies. Yeah, hopefully, don't mess that up. Um, maybe, maybe three if you count UVA. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go under. I think, well, I don't know, man. Like UConn and Wagner should be layups. Uh, Virginia is is winnable at home. You get that in the Carrier Dome, or are we still calling it the Carrier Dome? What is it now? The JM. The JMA Wireless Dome. The JMA Wireless Dome. That that sounds way less corporate. Um, but even then, yeah, I mean, your final seven games, NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Wake Forest, Boston College, you might lose your final seven games. So yeah, uh, let's go under four and a half for Syracuse. Yeah, I, I don't think they're getting to, to five necessarily again. Yeah, under is a safe play there. And then, again, we, we – go right back to the existential question we get to every year. Does Dino get fired? And we'll, uh, we know we'll get there. So, yeah, I mean, we've been asking that since we started the podcast. Almost. Mm-hmm. Mike, last one, Duke at three and a half. I feel like this is an under. easy one. Yeah. Just under. under. I mean, under they might not win a game. I'm impressed at the Mike Elko hire. I, I like that. Yeah, me too. I mean, you get a home game against North Carolina, a and they might have a better roster than you do in certain spots, at least. Right. Um, you got to make a road trip to a Kansas team that is pretty clearly improving. I think um, yep. under a, a pretty good coaching staff and Lance Leipold. They, the problem is they got a year head start on on you. So, right. Um, I don't think they're going to go zero and twelve. I'll be surprised if they go better than two and ten. So I, I feel pretty good about the under here as well. Yeah, I mean, you can't name. You can't name four ones. Mm-hmm. And if you can, you can probably guarantee when Jeff Collins is getting fired, if I had to guess. 
Yeah, that's the one that that's the one conference game they're picking on. A little correlated parlay there of uh, yeah, Duke yeah. win total over and Jeff Collins firing date. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, uh, that's that's worth looking at if you got a, a book that'll honor one of those. I've, just find yourself the right book that you can go on or anything. Yeah. You know? Mike, those are our win totals, all 15 of them, including Notre Dame. Um, I'm sure we're going to be correct about every single one of them, even the ones that we disagreed on. So hopefully the people can take that to the bank and make themselves some money. Um, We are an hour and 15 minutes into this podcast, so let's go ahead and talk about kind of what comes next and wrap it up. Um, So, Mike, we are going to jump in and start doing previews. And again, we are recording this the evening of June the 13th. And if you're thinking to yourself, that is early uh, for these guys to start doing their previews and preview season, you're correct. Uh, But that's because we've got some stuff going on in life, Mike. Uh, I I believe we've told the people what's going on in your life, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Yeah, my uh, by the time this podcast is out, actually, um, I believe we will have our baby. Yeah, you'll be out on paternity leave. Um, yeah, we we yeah. have checked with HR and confirmed that we do have a paternity leave policy on this year podcast. So, right. uh, you will be off doing that, tending to your wonderful newborn baby boy, uh, and your your wonderful, incredible wife uh, after that whole thing. Uh, yeah, so that will be happening. And so, what, better better her than me. Am I right? Uh, the, <laughs> absolutely, every time. Yes, every uh, damn time. <laughs> So you're going to be out for a little bit. And so as you are out, I am going to uh, start working on some of the preview episodes, interviewing guests, kind of solo. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. aim to do around half of them and, and get those going and, and kind of give you this, the space and the time to, uh, to be out and be with your family. Um, and then, Mike, when you come back, uh, something I don't believe that we've told the people is then I got to go out on paternity leave. Um, Again, yeah. Charlie is going to have a little sister. Uh, we're we're thinking somewhere in the mid-August time frame. So there might be a, a little bit of time where we can kind of cross over, do a couple episodes together with some folks. But chances are you're going to be closing out uh, a preview season for the most part by yourself, <laughs> um, doing the same thing that I'll be doing. Uh, but I'll be tending to my baby and wife, and toddler and dogs as well. So that's you know it'll be a a real circus of a house going. I was going to say, yeah, Ringling Brothers. Yeah. But uh, I, I will certainly be planning on being back for like final, you know, final preview season, season preview stuff and like week one preview, um, depending on how timing works out. And, and you know, you never know with these things. So um, that's what's going on in our lives and kind of what has resulted in what will be a different looking preview season. But we do intend to continue kind of recording through this and, uh, keeping the content coming for the people. So keep it tuned here. We're old. We're having kids. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. As we said, li- a lot of life changes since we started this podcast. Uh, yes. Both, you know, we started this podcast now, I guess it was technically about six years ago on the calendar. Uh, but also since yeah. we started this podcast an hour and 18 minutes ago, we've, you know, <laughs> plenty of life changes. Yes. You right. never know. That's right. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's, that's what's coming up here in the next few weeks. So, you know, wish everyone luck. Obviously, best of luck to you, Mike, and and uh, to Kate and everybody. You know, as it'll be a a new ch- a new change, a new stage of life. But uh, you know, hopefully, a fun and exciting one. As ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> you have no idea. No, I, um, I don't. Meanwhile, we're uh, we're 
getting dangerously close to switching off of uh, man coverage into zone coverage, which that'll be, that'll be an interesting switch as well. So uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Call Exciting up Ted times. Roof. Exciting times. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly wouldn't call it a uh, – well, hopefully it's not the Jeff Collins defense with some of the zone coverage we've seen on that, that team. So I'm just going to keep getting these shots in wherever I can. Um, That's right. Mike, that's all I've got. Anything else before we get out of here and start working on some of these solo team previews? Uh, go check out the article. I don't know how old it'll be by the time this podcast is published, but go check out the Georgia Tech mock draft of coaches on from the Rumble seat. A there are some hypothetical, surprises Yeah, hypothetical head coach mock draft. There are some surprises. There are. We had a lot of fun making that. I, I appreciate the guys for uh, – welcoming me in on that I, I i asked them like hey uh can we uh, can we do this am i can i join this sounds like fun and uh sure enough it was we had, we had a lot of fun with it so go check that out yep uh mike let's work on getting out of here as you uh you're gonna go be a dad and then we'll talk to you again soon yep <laughs> all right until then we're on twitter i'm at ftrs joey he is at mike mcdaniel si together we're at bc podcast acc you can send us an email with your questions, your comments, your concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, certainly, if you have questions that you want us to get to in preview season for one of your schools, uh, hit us up. You know, we're, we're all about that and it helps make our job easier and gives you the content that you want. So let us know if there's something that you want us to talk to somebody about. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that we can find uh, podcasts out there on the Internet. Go find us there. Uh, you want to tell them where else they can find us in the social medias? Facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Appreciate that. My voice is struggling. My voice is struggling. Your voice is struggling, and my light just turned (laughs) off, which I think tells me that it is is probably time to wrap this up. About the time. Mike, it's been fun. Good luck. Look forward to hearing about how it went, and uh, hope everyone ends up, you know, happy, healthy, safe, all that. Good luck, and uh, enjoy, uh, hopefully enjoy your first few days as uh, as a father. Uh, yeah, I'll do my best. We'll see what happens. It'll be something. It's an absolute blast. You never knew how yes. little you need sleep. You'll find out. I'm going to find out. I I thought us recording late at night was the barometer. It's not. <laughs> I look forward to some like 3 a.m. recordings when we're both awake. Because... I can't wait. <laughs> it seems normal. Saturday, the Saturday night fever recaps are going to be back only because our kids are up. <laughs> and we'll have actual fevers. Um... Yes, and we'll be dying. <laughs> Other than that, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Mike, good luck. We'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Here's to a great season seven. Here we go. We will talk to you again soon, and until then, go ACC. Yeah!